This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Well, let's just say that a lot has happened in the past 72 hours or so since we spoke to you, the biggest of which resides like a big elephant in the room we'll discuss alabama and where their program program is now after having to replace nick saban and you talk about guys hitting the transfer portal it's insane speaking of guys that hit the transfer portal and will come to tennessee the vols pick up one as well and it's a tight end that they need maybe not wow you but i did a little dig and i'm going to tell you why I think this is a really good pickup for Tennessee. Uh, first of all, it is uh, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, we're we're going to look back later in the show at some uh, some ways that Tennessee has been really groundbreaking in their athletic department, and a lot of things that they have uh, done has been uh, pretty pretty ahead of the curve. We don't we don't think about that as much going back, but in the seventies, some decisions were made uh, that I think the sixties and seventies that Tennessee fans should be. Uh, extra proud of also Tennessee 
beat Georgia in hoops, and I think I have more questions about this team than I did before. Caleb, how are you, sir? I am good. Dave, you have my condolences after last night. I have to tell you, my wife is a Packer fan, but uh, I am very, very sorry for what happened to you yesterday. Yeah, that was uh, talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I tell you what, it was almost enjoyable enough to be able to listen to the postgame radio show, and they were talking about the bit most disappointing loss of all time. And when you consider how one-sided it was, yeah, I was trying to think of a, I guess a Tennessee game like that with so much on the line, maybe the 99th. I, I can't really think of, well, the 2001 SEC championship game. Yeah, that one stands out the the most easily. Oh, one SEC title. Tennessee massively outmatched LSU and was up 17 to 7. Um, I talk about that on my video I dropped yesterday, guys, what made Saban such a great coach. And uh, that game specifically really did a lot to propel Nick Saban and his profile on the recruiting trail. Yeah, I guess I was thinking of where your season's just over. Um, of course, Tennessee went on to a, a bowl game that year and did quite well, as a matter of fact. So, um, but let's go ahead and get into this Kalen DeBoer hire. And I'm going to post this on uh live and on the air here i want to get your thoughts give me some adjectives because here's where here's what i'm shooting for um sec fans should be blank about the kellen DeBoer hire the kellen DeBoer hire it's kalen kalen excuse me i thought you're you're caleb i we can't have any more calebs kalen DeBoer hire so let me get your thoughts uh, there, what would be some adjectives that uh, we could we could? Add? I'm going to put as one optimistic and excited. King is dead. Uh, how about good? Uh, do you want to say scared? Good hire. Anything else you want to add to that? Solid. Solid. Okay. Solid. Solid. So that gives you a, a, an option in between. And you you did say over the weekend that you um well you you said it was a Butch Jones top hire. You didn't mean that, did you? I thought that at first, and then I did more research. But I wrote an article yesterday, and I actually wanted to dive into what I wrote yesterday because I think it um I think it's Tennessee and SEC rival fans should be excited about this hire. Even though at the same time, I can't blame Alabama for making the hire. Is that a weird thing to say, Dave? No, I no, and I think as a matter of fact, we go ahead and dig into it right now. So take uh, take part in our poll question. It's on the YouTube channel. So the three choices that are there are pretty simple. Uh, they are SEC fans should be blank about the DeBoer hire. Solid doesn't fit, but that was uh, Caleb's pick as a word. But anyway, optimistic um, and excited by Saban, scared, good hire, and solid. Okay, so we'll just go with that. There we go. All right, so as, as we get rolling and we dig in uh, to this, this hire and what it means for the conference, I mean, it means a lot. A lot of teams are going to be affected by uh, the hire. So, let me start with this, and uh, that is today's tough question. It's brought to you by Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. 
Okay, so Caleb proposes this at the 3.45 a.m. meeting, so I want him to share his thoughts. said, Alabama, not an attractive job, even if there wasn't Nick Saban's shadow. Now, first of all, I think a lot of people told them no. I think uh, they, you had the guy at Oregon uh, release the video, how excited he is to be at Oregon. So either they ask him. The lamest or, video ever. Yeah, you never know nowadays. Did he just say that and, and kind of acting like in social media that he got offered? Uh, yeah, another couple of those guys. I don't know if, if they were offered or not, but. I don't think it's an attractive job because, Saban, I don't know how you can't consider it a very attractive job now. I feel like, and I could be wrong because I want to hear your take, that you are somewhat taking that Alabama pre-Saban and saying that it's not a, a great job, which I would have agreed with in the time based off recruiting and lack thereof in state so uh, let me get your thoughts it's brought to you by andy mason andy mason real estate.com 40 years of experience in real estate and andy mason best service best prices in the biz andy mason real estate.com okay so they don't have the in-state talent alabama doesn't that other states have but it's a lot better so i didn't think it was a great great job but Man, if you want to take out the Saban factor, that's a pretty attractive job with a lot of support and uh, a lot of facilities, which I know everybody says everybody has now, but they've got the nicest. And uh, I, th- I think there's um, there's something to be said for basically being the program, the franchise, whatever you want to call it, in the entire state. You don't compete with the Falcons. You know, you don't compete with other places. So I'm interested to see where you go because I disagree. I think that's a a great, great job. All right, let me start with it. Without saving. Let me start with this. I'm going to applaud the Kalen DeBoer hire for Alabama because I'm going to give credit for three things. And I'm going to give Greg Byrne a lot of credit, Dave. And I wrote about this and I encourage you guys to check it it out on offthehooksports.com right now. First of all, can we give them credit for not trying to hire somebody out of Saban Shadow? You know, that's a how common of a mistake is that, Dave? When you have when a legend leaves and you try to replace the legend with somebody who who like touched the legend's robes one day, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what Alabama yeah. did for years with Bear Bryant. Um, they also went for an offensive hire. Now, the last time they hired an offensive mind from the state of Washington didn't work out so well. Right, uh, guys, go look at uh, Mike so, Price. We're talking about Mike Price. Yeah, Mike Price uh, from Washington State. Everything was fine until uh, his specific prostitute ordered one of everything off the menu. That's when it went exactly. South. The other part I want to give them credit for is that and people are going to be like, "Mike Price is on the golf course." Do you ever wonder he gets that call and they say, uh, uh, "Mr. Price, I just want to let you know that somebody's ordered one of everything off of the menu from room service." Don't you think to yourself, "Well, I've got a prostitute in there, and just okay the charges and take care of it later." Instead yes. of making her more mad by not letting her get the food and then she goes crazy. Anyway, get back to your point. Sorry. <laughs> yes. I mean, if I'm on the golf course and I, there's a prostitute back in my hotel room. At the the resort, prostitute has all the leverage. 
I'm going to say she can have two of everything on the menu. Go ahead. Exactly. The other part I want to give them credit for, because everybody's overrating this, because they're like, he's never been in the SEC. He can't recruit in the SEC. First of all, you can hire staff members to do this. And Dave, you know this. Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Les Miles had no SEC ties before they went to LSU, LSU, and Florida. They all won national titles at their school there. SEC ties is overrated, provided you hire staff members with SEC ties. You know who had deep SEC ties? Jeremy Pruitt. You know who else did? Derek Dooley. How'd that work out for you, Tennessee? Not SEC great. ties don't matter. Yeah. So th those are the things I'm going to give credit for. But I don't think he's a great coach. I watched him against Texas, and he made a really dumb decision when he tried to run a play when he could have run the clock out. I think he inherited what he inherited at Sweet. And so I think he's a little bit overrated. But he's the best given the circumstances. The problem is the circumstances with Alabama, which is this. It's a, it's a top five to ten job if you just look at recruiting talent facilities, you know, program tradition and everything like that. It's not Georgia, LSU, or Ohio State. Can you give me that, Dave? It's not on yes. those the level of those three schools. Yes, but closer again, when they're looking for a Saban, and they found him 17 years ago, closer to those schools than it did because of the uh, because of his influence. Guys grew up. You think about 17 years, guys grow up at eight years old going, I want to play for that Nick Saban guy, and Alabama is incredible. That has generational type effects. So not as much, but I, yeah, I will definitely give you that there are a handful of schools like the ones you mentioned that have – an immediate talent advantage by default. Right. So it's they don't have the default talent advantage, even though they have a good one. They don't have tier one talent advantage by default. Then there's another layer. Guys, go to on three right now. Look up the top 20 and most ambitious NIL collectives, and you'll see why I think Nick Saban retired. And I've said this from the start. Alabama is nowhere to be found in the top 20. There are nine SEC schools. Next year, when Texas and Oklahoma join, there will be nine SEC schools with better NIL collectives in Alabama. Now, that doesn't matter when you have Nick Saban because, Dave, as you know, players are going to take the Nick Saban discount to go play for Nick Saban. That's what we called it, the Nick Saban discount. In thinking and, that they're going to make it to the NFL, and they're, that's a proven uh, graduate school for engineering or whatever you want to call it. Exactly. So they'll take the Nick Saban discount. There was no other coach short of what? Urban Meyer or Jim Harbaugh, there was no other coach that they could get that, that that could get that discount for recruits. Was there on the NIL on the NIL circuit? And I think this is why Alabama. It's not a tier one job because there's only three tier one jobs in America. M maybe four if Florida State and Miami fall too far behind in the ACC, and Florida could become one. But there's only three right now. When you add in the NIL collective. You're Alabama. Georgia has a better NIL collective than you do. Auburn has a better NIL collective than you do. Tennessee has a better NIL collective than you do. Um, Texas, Texas A&M, Florida even. I'm naming schools that have clear-cut, larger, more ambitious NIL collectives in Alabama right now. How are they supposed to compete on the recruiting trail, Dave? NIL collective outweighs recruiting talent in your backyard now. And Alabama's well, tenth in the SEC. You have to completely change. You have to completely change what you're doing entirely. And Nick Saban didn't need all that NIL money, made a phone call, got Jameer Gibbs for one year. But for the most part, I can't think of any significant transfers they've taken other than Gibbs. So you have to you have to realign an entire organization because as of now, 
The great thing about having Nick Saban, other than, yes, he's a championship-proven coach and a great defensive coach and understands the offensive side, was that you didn't have to worry about NIL because guys were still going to come to Alabama and the boosters were going to flock together to pay them. There's also more of a system in Alabama, which makes it a little bit more square so that everybody gets something, every player. And you've actually seen some, some other schools start to copy that a little bit like Tennessee, but you're right. I mean, suddenly you're not only uh, at a disadvantage, not having Nick Saban, you're at a huge disadvantage because you have to reorganize your entire football program. You've got to go to boosters who you're taking money from to build the new athletic complex and say, well, if a collective group calls you, we're going to have to play that game now since Nick decided to retire. That Those are the conversations that have been going on for the past week. And I guarantee you that Kalen DeBoer is not walking in there thinking he has zero NIL dollars to spend. But that's, uh, have it gotten you over to my side then that Alabama's not a good job right now because it's not even a top 10 NIL collective in the SEC, which is going to hold them back severely? Well, no, it's a, it's a hypothetical. Had Saban not been there, I think they would have been in the top three or five. Uh, so you do at- think you, you think they will kick themselves into high gear a little bit with Kalen DeBoer knowing that they have to? Uh, do I think they will? <laughs> I think they should. I've seen a because- lot of it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of athletic departments do stupid stuff, So, but they should. Because here's the thing. This is the problem with Kalen DeBoer. I've questioned his decision-making. One of the decisions I'm questioning is why he would leave Washington for the Alabama job. Because quite honestly, I'd have stayed at Washington. I would not have taken the Alabama job at all. Um, you are in a good situation at Washington up there. You could have used this to negotiate a better play, pay. And if you're not smart enough to see that, I don't know if you're smart enough to actually lead a team to a national championship game. <laughs> Quite honestly, I probably would have stayed at Washington as well or waited for another job. But as far as the fit, the thumbnail sketch of him, quarterback coach, I don't think that's any surprise. I think if you coach quarterbacks, you've got a better chance of getting a job than another guy. That's just kind of where the game is right now. If you're a quarterback whisperer, a quarterback guru. We, we brought up the discussion last week. Should Alabama call Josh Heupel? And we got clickbait and all this. No, it, it wasn't. And here's why they should have called Josh Heupel. Not that he wouldn't have left. He loves Tennessee. Do not get me wrong. And great point by Dylan that I want to get back to. But Josh Heupel, even though not as accomplished, is every bit the quarterback guru that – Kalen DeBoer is here's the issue I have with the DeBoer hire he's known to be a program builder you don't have to build anything at Alabama you want to keep this thing cruising and I I just uh, I I think think he's let's use the old the old SEC West which is in effect but if we were talking SEC West next year I would say that uh, let's say Texas were in the way. Uh, Texas, LSU, and Ole Miss will win more games in the next five years than Alabama. I'll go on record as saying that right now. Just just playing with the West teams. I'm not talking about Georgia. I'm not talking about Tennessee. I'm not talking about anybody else. Just the what are the West teams? Well, I did it for fun last week, but Dave, 
look, this is why I said they should have hired Lane Kiffin. Who do you trust as an offensive mind more, Lane Kiffin or Kalen DeBoer? Uh, Lane Kiffin. I mean, I, I'm with you. I've got no argument with that. I think that would have, have been a, a better hire. Um, no yeah. question. I think they should have gone. I think they were. Here's the thing. The jokes that you make about Lane were kind of open and that I made with you were kind of open secrets in Tuscaloosa to problematic fashion. So they were worried they would get another Mike Price situation, I think. But in my mind, it's like, I think Lane was would be smarter than Mike Price with his, um if he was fooling around still. And so I'm like, take the risk. If he's doing it on his personal life, who cares? You're trying to win football games here. And, you know, I just don't think it's a big deal. And I think that worried them. So they went for a guy who I think is, again, I said, given the circumstances, they don't want someone with personal issues and they didn't want to go the defensive or Nick Saban route. They made the best hire given the circumstances. Just not a great hire. Um, Yeah, it, it fits. It checks a lot of boxes. What What are the expectations for Kalen? That, that, that'll be my question for you. Um, is it one championship, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Uh, brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Hahn. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination. Go to cctis.com, cctis.com. So at the end of the day, if Kalen DeBoer wins one championship, is that a success? One national title, is that a success at Alabama? I I think a coaching tenure is always a national uh, is always a success if you win a national title. Always. I'm one of those guys. It's like if you get a quarterback, Dave, you draft a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, if he wins you a Super Bowl, that was a successful run. Period. End of story. Like that's exactly. your goal. Exactly. Now, and uh I, I think if you win one championship, that's that's enough uh that he should be held on his own merit, but I don't think he ever will. SEC fans uh, should be blank about the Kalen DeBoer hire. That was uh, on our YouTube page. And so far, people seem to really like the hire in terms of what it means for them. Optimistic and excited by Saban gets 50% of the vote. Solid gets 42% of the vote. And it's a little scared. Good hire, just 8% of the vote. That might be the Alabama brethren on here. Let's just, I mean, there's only so much you can do in this situation if you're Alabama. I will give them credit. I thought they showed everybody how to hold a coaching hire. I, I do believe that. I think they called the guys they were most interested in, whether it was landing or not, and then they landed on their guy. And that's something that Tennessee – in a couple of hires hasn't done well and other programs have struggled too. So I will give them credit in getting that done. It didn't drag on and you can't have it drag on with the transfer portal that we're going to talk about that Caleb's mentioned opens up another 30 days from a coaching change. I, I do think efficiently they did the job. They laid the foundation, but I don't know if the foundation is, is going to be something you want to build a house on. I just don't think they have rock solid foundation because of the NIL issue. So I agree with you. I'll even give this because I maybe foundation, you, I, maybe foundation wasn't the right word. Uh, they, they, uh, they, they put up the siding, but the siding uh, could fall off. Exactly. I, and I look, I was unfair. I texted it to Dave and gyro on Saturday guys. I did say Alabama hired the new Butch Jones. I based it off bit Kalen DeBoer making basic in game coaching mistakes. 
But I'll give him this. I watched the press conference. He's not, but he's not a snake oil salesman, Kalen DeBoer. He's not a guy. He, you didn't see him sit there and say what we accomplished at Washington had never been accomplished before in the history of Washington athletics. And you know, by getting to the national championship game, I did something that Jesus could not have done. I mean that that was Butch Jones's like legacy. Uh, he would pretend that that was the first time Washington ever t- had that type of success in football, wouldn't he? And he would go to Alabama and pretend like we got to re- we're going to rebuild Alabama into a great program, as if he was taking over nothing. So I'm 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 going to be fair. Kalen DeBoer is not that. I think he is. Watching him for the press comments, I don't think he feels like he's in over his head. I just don't know if he has the offensive mind necessary to succeed there. Is that a fair statement to make? Yeah, that's very fair. Dylan had a great uh, point earlier. And see, Dylan, I would argue, I was just getting ready to give you credit. I would argue uh, you said Dan Lanning saying no derailed their process. I think they were ready to go to the next guy. So I they had their I list. Think, yeah, I, I think they were good to go. I don't, I don't derailed i mean altered maybe but i wouldn't go quite that far but i will say this because we're going to get into tennessee picks up a tight end and i dylan had said earlier in the chat that um what was he said oh if harbaugh goes which you know he wants to how many guys will be out there in the portal maybe we discuss this tomorrow but tennessee spent big last year doesn't seem to be spending big this year on new players just to keep players. They miss a little bit of an opportunity here because you've got the two, two of the strongest programs, two of the most successful coaches that could have a, I'm going to give you some of the players that, that are going to be in the portal. So uh, I want to discuss that, but we've, we've got to change gears. I haven't talked to Caleb in a while. I missed him. So that's uh, stuff I had to do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. SEC assistant coaching uh, shakeups that will definitely affect the Vols. I want to start with, if I may, Trooper Taylor to Texas A&M. Um, Trooper Taylor, now I know there had been talk about uh, potential NCAA issues is why he kind of got uh, sent to uh, Arkansas State. But that wasn't really the case. The guy loves his family. He got to coach his son. His wife got his uh, uh, her doctorate there. So she goes to uh, he goes to Texas A&M. Basically, he took five years in the middle of his career, which I, I commend him for, Caleb, to say this is best for my family. That's what I'm going to do. So he's at Texas A&M. I'm sorry, but if Trooper Taylor is a part of your program, your program is better. I think that's a very solid hire. That's a great hire. Now, this is one that's going to do wonders for Texas A&M because I think Mike Elko is a guy who's just a really smart, like, you know, analytics Harvard type coach that you guys know I'm a huge fan of. I love it. But he he needed recruiters to get him the talent. Texas A&M has the NIL collective. We know that. So Trooper Taylor there is going to be a huge advantage. I don't know how much it's going to hurt Tennessee. I just think they're recruiting different guys most of the time. You could tell me more about this, Dave, but I know everybody wants to freak out about Walter Nolan. That's the exception, not the rule. Typically, 
Tennessee and Texas. I don't think it hurts Tennessee, but I'd be really curious if Trooper Taylor could coach defensive backs. I mean, you see what I'm driving at? I I I know he's an offensive coach. I know Trooper well. Um, uh, He's an offensive coach, but you would get the equal recruiter. uh, Just imagine – and if Willie he Mar- had been did you have him Willie Martinez and take it a step further? Everybody says Tim Banks is heavily involved in the secondary. They're not giving Willie Martinez the contract extension as of yet. I guess that should come out every day. I would I would call Troop and say, listen, when you understand the passing trees on offense, sometimes it can make you a better uh, secondary coach. And it doesn't happen a lot. What I'm inferring is a bit of a reach, but it's not the worst reach in the world, is it? No, it's not. A matter of fact, Trooper Taylor, I think he's coached defensive backs in the past. And more importantly than this, from a recruiting standpoint, Trooper Taylor's not just successful at landing recruits. There's another layer to this. And this is kind of a Rodney Garner. This is where Rodney Garner is so skilled, Dave. And I think it's very underrated when you're a little bit behind the eight ball. Trooper Taylor is superb at evaluating talent. I mean, I, I you covered his you covered his role on recruiting for Tennessee. He was the one who scouted Randall Cobb, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He wanted him from the get, and they didn't offer him till two weeks before signing day. It was like January the 10th, maybe three weeks. And Cobb was barely a two-star on anybody's radar, radar for a while. Trooper guys was the one who discovered him and knew how good he was going to be. Um, was Trooper the one who who discovered Patrick Willis? Because I know no, Tennessee that, was, that would have been before his time. That was when John Chavis determined that the future Hall of Famer wasn't fast enough to play in the SEC. <laughs> 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 what it uh yeah yeah that's right no, that was that was what troop can't lay claim uh nor credence to that whatsoever but i uh, no, he he did he did evaluate randall cobb and he was absolutely right he um i mean the guy knows ball through and through and you know troops never had a drink in his life at least last i've talked to him never yeah he seems uh, like he's smoked. a very is he a very religious dude or yes yeah he is yeah um so I, I think that would have been, but let's get some other ones. What are some other moves in, in particular, the South Carolina move? I just get the feeling that the, the, the books out and probably has been in coaching circles about Shane Beamer, that he's not the best head coach to work for. And because he's probably a little bit uh, not detail oriented, Billy <laughs> Napier. And, I think he's kind of show, and I don't think people like that. So they have two assistants from AM, whoopity doodah, and then there's they've still got two more positions to fill. That's still not got good two... for the Gamecocks. No, not at all. They I they added running backs coach Markwell Blackwell from AM this past uh weekend. Um also they've got offensive assistant James Coley, who is going there from Texas AM. But um Former tight ends coach Jody Wright. That's the one loss that you can't. He left to become the head coach at Murray State, but like he's got, he scapegoated, for instance, Montario Hardesty, former Tennessee running back. He fired Montario Hardesty uh, at the beginning of January. I mean, I don't know why you fire a running backs coach who's a great recruiter. What do you like? Again, you you and I do know this, Dave. On field coaching with running backs is not that important, and Ontario is a great recruiter. So that's that's a, that's a blatant scapegoat move, isn't it? To say that this is not my fault; it's my staff, and I'm changing the staff, so we'll be okay. Especially a running backs coach. What the hell is he doing? I mean, if he can't teach pass pro, then he shouldn't have gotten hired in the first place. And running backs run to green. That's not that difficult. So. 
Yeah, yeah. If you if you fire a running backs coach who's known as your great recruiter in the middle of the season, yeah, it's just to try to get some people off your back. That's exactly what it was. So South Carolina is in big trouble. I agree. The 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 uh, bottom's about to fall out. Uh, before I get to Georgia, uh, by the way, Washington offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb is going to follow DeBoer to Alabama. Um, that's why Jed Fish took the job at Washington. Um, I want to get to before I get to Georgia. Something's going on at Auburn, guys. Uh, you remember when Hugh Freeze threw his staff under the bus, right, for his Music City Bowl loss? I th- I think I know what this is before you get get really conspiracy deep. Let me just As say, a matter of fact, that from talking to somebody over the weekend, I'm pretty sure I did. But go ahead. I'll just say this publicly real quick, what we do know. Hugh Free said he's going to take over play calling duties uh, after he threw his staff and blamed his staff for losing the Music City Bowl. Cadillac Williams has now stepped down. Now, Cadillac was considered a very crucial part of Auburn when to keep when Hugh Freeze took over. So something's weird there, Dave. You tell me was what's going Cadillac on. Was Cadillac handling play call duties? Do we know that for sure? No, I don't think he was handling play call duties. Yeah, at all. it was their goofball head coach. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. That loved to run four tight end sets. The head coach? What are you talking about? Hugh Freeze is the head coach. Uh, no, the former head coach. Not not Freeze. The guy that was before him. He was. Oh, he Brian was, Harson. Yeah, he, he handled their play calling before, and then you would think Hugh Freeze would have done last year. Here, here are my thoughts. Cadillac Williams was hired as a coach. Um, can you check and see how far he goes back um, when he was hired at Auburn? Because I think Cadillac Williams is a guy that if you don't like in the beginning and you're hired at Auburn and you have all these dalliances with escorts, you don't have a lot of um, you don't have a lot of leverage to say, I want this Cadillac gone, who's one of your all-time favorite players. So I think that I think that Hugh Freeze probably wanted to make that change from the get and have all of his own guys. And he wanted to wait a while um until he he won some boosters over whether or not he has, I don't know. But uh that would be my thinking. And you don't have to fire a guy like Cadillac, you just have to kind of not invite him to some offensive meetings, to be real honest with you. When was he hired at Auburn? Did you find that? Yeah, he was hired at Auburn by the old coach. Uh, he was hired in 20... 20- Actually, he was hired by Gus Malzahn in 2019. So he stayed through Malzahn and um, and Brian Harson and Hugh Freeze. The weird part about Hugh Freeze is the person he relieved, uh, the offensive coordinator, Phil- the one he was taking over play calling duties for, was Philip Montgomery, who coached at Tulsa. And I believe, Dave, he is a Gus Malzahn protege, Philip Montgomery is. So, or no, he's a, he's a Art Bryles protege. That's who he is. He's an Art Bryles protege. So Philip Montgomery um, was calling the plays under Hugh Freeze. It was weird that Hugh Freeze hired him to begin with. If you, if Hugh Freeze wants his own offense, I just, if you fire, if you take over play calling duties and make this shift one year into your tenure, something's not going right. Usually. Uh, I think you probably wanted to get rid of him before. And they said, it'd be bad PR. Can you just keep him around for a year? That's No, not that's Cadillac. Cool. No, okay. I'm talking about the offensive coordinator that he hired last year that's no longer there. He brought in Philip Montgomery. Montgomery's gone for one year, and he's taken over play calling. Fine, but why did you bring in Philip Montgomery to begin with? The Tulsa coach who was a Art Bryles protege. Uh, those guys that are very involved with the offense always have issues. Gus Malzahn and Hugh Freeze seem like, one year they'll say, hey, I'm going to come out and I'm going to call the plays this year. And I'm taking more control of the offense. And the next year they'll say, hey, I'm going to hand it over to this guy. I think he'll do 
a better job. And so it kind of goes back and forth. We'll be interested to see if, if it ends up continuing like that. And then, so the Georgia thing's strange. I just feel like the whole SEC has taken a big step back in the past week. Uh, and I'm going to uh, tell you why. Brought to you in part by Herald Group Security Solutions, leadership experience, specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques, making your children safer one school at a time. Hey, listen, guys, we know uh, about the tragedies in our country. We can make your work safe, uh, space safer, um, and we can do the exact same for your uh, schools. So make sure your kids are safe, too. Just go to heraldgrp.com. Go to that school or work administrator and say, I want to be safe at work or I want my kids to be safe at school. Tennessee uh, picks up a tight end. But first, Tommy Reese is going to go to Georgia as the co-offensive coordinator. How, how does that work? Yeah, he's the co-offensive coordinator, meaning he's going to. What did I tell you guys? I told you guys that Mike Bobo, there were issues there. And if Kirby Smart fully believed in Mike Bobo, would he hire a coach to share coordinating duties with Mike Bobo? And I will credit Caleb for saying that he thought that I didn't think the Bobo hire was great, but I thought it was a B minus. And I'll give him credit. He was all about that. The problem I have with bringing in somebody else and being a co coordinator i mean at the end of the day somebody puts together the game plan and they call plays so that's your offense coordinator you can put co on it all that you want to but my my issue is that listen if you weren't happy with bobo firing you know, get rid of him get reese get whoever you need to get yeah you're, you're Kirby smart you have the cachet you're georgia I mean, I think a lot of people have gone to Alabama, which Georgia's patterned after, and not had fun, uh, but they won their championship and they made it the NFL or they helped their coaching career. That's what Georgia needs to become. So I don't know why they didn't just fire him and make him make a change. This co-coordinator, and I think he has assistant head coach, as Elias pointed out, uh, on his on his title now. That's just for getting your next job. Uh, I, I just I don't, I, somebody's going to be the coordinator, and there's not going to be two of them. I can promise you that. Yeah, and I don't think that it's funny you say that because you're right. Because I look, I'm just going to say it. I wasn't high on the Tommy Reese hired Alabama either, and I'm just going to tell you, Dave. Maybe check with some sources that you might have to see if I'm right on this. But I've been speculating that since um, the South Florida game, Nick Saban took over the offense away from Tommy Reese and basically said, we're running Jalen Milrow and I'm going to run Jalen Milrow at coordinate. I think half the reason he retired was because it was mentally draining because he was running the offense. I think he did that at halftime in the Tennessee game. I think he took control of the offense. You think Nick Saban took control of the offense at halftime of the Tennessee game? I think so too. And you know he's running the defense. So Nick Saban probably just mentally drained himself running both sides of the ball. On top of that, they beat Georgia because Mike Bobo called a horrible game against because Georgia was the more talented team than Alabama that day. Mike Bobo just got massively outcoached by Nick Saban, not Tommy Reese. And then Tommy Reese, I'm just not a much of a much of a believer in them. Guys, Tennessee fans, Georgia's still going to be great. They're loaded with talent. They have amazing talent. It's kind of like 
early 2010s Alabama when they had Jim McElwain as offensive coordinator, but they were still winning because they were so loaded as, uh, uh, over everybody else on talent. But you're giving yourself a chance with Tommy Reese and Mike Bobo running the offense. Yes, people are going to say they put up 60 points against Florida State. They're going to put up points against inferior talent. But when they run to somewhat comparable talent, they're going to make some coaching mistakes that cost them games. That's going to happen. It's exactly what Jim McElwain did to Alabama years ago. Yep. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, all right. So Tennessee picks up commitment. Uh, we got to get to that. Uh, by the way, what should people do, Coop, if they want to be a part of the program? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. We appreciate that. Four downs coming up. We'll hop in the hot tub with Coop, but Tennessee with a commitment. Hey, now. Tell us about Tennessee's newest commitment, Caleb Calhoun. He is an Alabama transfer tight end. His name a commitment. is... I got to work on my verbiage, don't I? Go ahead. His name is Miles Kitzelman. It's a transfer. He is about, I believe, 6'5", 250. I think this is a guy to compliment Ethan Davis as a blocking as to to be a blocking tight end to compliment Ethan Davis the receiving tight end. He's definitely the guy who would be in line to try to replace Jacob Warren. Um because Jacob Warren was more the blocking physical tight end. And Okay, so so our our thinking has been from the get that Tennessee wants to get players from smaller schools like McAllen Castles and work them up. This is different. This is the SEC. This is taking one from Alabama. And, of course, you have the Saban issue, but typically you don't take people from Alabama. So what do you think of this higher scale or higher? What do you think of this pickup? Uh, scale of 1 to 10 brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House chat with 2Ts.com. Hemp House chat. Two T's.com. Scale of one to ten. What what do you think of this pickup? Five. This is Josh Hype. Josh Hype was already gone through some for some tight ends like Holden Stays to try to compliment Ethan Davis. He's he's just adding tight ends to see if one of them will work out as Ethan Davis's compliment. That's what he's doing. I'm just gonna be honest with you. He's not sure. I think it's I think it's like a seven. I think it's like an eight. I don't I don't think it's an eight in terms of the talent and the impact on the program, but it fits a need. And he does break away from our off-the-hook sports uh, traditional MO that we like uh, of guys that are coming up from a smaller school. But the guy's also gone through JUCO. Guy went through JUCO, went through two years at Alabama where he played an awful lot of special teams. Seems like a tough football player. You need these guys on your team, especially since Josh Heupel can lean towards finesse. I like this pickup. I like it a lot. Um, I think he's also a guy that will understand that this is the time to to make an impact, and he's going to be ready to go. Um, it's different from our usual MO, but I, I really think it's like an eight, just as, as far as fitting 
what they do. It's 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 not like last year when they picked up Keenan Pilly or any of those guys in that much vaunted transfer class of last year. But I think it's a big one, and I was surprised you weren't as high on it. Okay, let me be fair and bolster your point uh, because I'm going to say he doesn't necessarily even contradict our MO. Our MO is if you come from another pro- high-profile program that's rolling. But if you're at a program that should be high profile, but for some reason they're taking a step back, either you're at Oregon State and they're going to a group and they're no longer going to be power five, or you're at a school where there is a coach on the hot seat, or you're at a school that just lost its coach, which would be Alabama, then that's the exception to the rule of 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 of, of our MO, isn't it? At that point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's 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 when we like it's not like he, it's not like Dante Thornton who was at Oregon. Oregon was rolling as a program, and Thornton still decided to transfer. Or Andre Carrick, Texas was rolling as a program, and he still decided to transfer. Then you ask questions. That's not this. Alabama's coach Nick Saban stepped down. They lost their offensive coordinator. Fine, players in the portal. I'm not high on it because I'm like, what? Josh Heupel has other needs right now, and. You know, there is the how much do you spend NIL money on and why are you spending extra NIL money on another tight end when you've picked up a commitment? You've got a transfer in Notre Dame. Well, let's be clear I, now. He he might just be getting like a subscription to the Fountain City Post. I mean, I don't know that he's necessarily getting a lot. I don't think you're throwing six digits at this guy. I don't think you throw any digits because you need to get some defensive backs and offensive linemen. You save it all. And I got to be honest, the only reason he would do this is he's not sure that Holden stays is going to work out because it, this is something that I've consistently told you guys. Josh Heifel is, let me, let me stop you for one second. I believe if you have a problem that you overly address it, this to me, they Tennessee had a problem that Jacob Warren has gone such a rock on that offense. Very underrated. We hope to visit with him uh, later today, depending on the weather. Go after it. Get two or three guys. Find which one is the best fit. It's not like high school where you've got to put two years of growing them up, and then they may or may not be good. And then if you run them, then you get a bad reputation as a college coach. No, I'm I'm taking all the three-star tight ends I can because they're cheap, and they can go out there and battle it out in spring. I, I love the approach. Overly address problems when you have the luxury of overly addressing problems, which Tennessee doesn't have. Okay, Tennessee is still very shorthanded on the offensive line and in the secondary. They threw some money at this guy to get him, and I don't know why, because you still need desperately offensive linemen or secondary. So for Tennessee, what you need to be doing is meticulously evaluating talent because you can't afford to take guys that you miss on. And this is the problem with Tennessee, is they keep missing. On guys, and I'm not saying this is a guy they're going to miss on. I'm not going to say that, but I am saying you should be. Tennessee is not in a position like Alabama or Georgia. They're not in a position where they can afford to take guys they're going to miss on. So if Heupel's doing this, it's in case he missed on Holden Stays. Well, if he missed on Holden Stays, that's a gigantic red flag on its own. Yeah, but what if the Kitzelman is? What if he developed later in life? And that's how you know he he's hit a growth spurt, which could happen in your your twenties. But developed within uh, three weeks of when Tennessee took Holden stays. <laughs> not three, not three <laughs> weeks. But what? I mean, what if they see something they like him uh, about him again? You're not going out and getting another Nico and spending eight million dollars. 
So I I'll, I like to pick up. I mean, I would rather have three decent tight ends. And by the way, we had a, a question about uh, the difference between uh, Skays and and Kitzelman, and I'll, I'll let you address that. You you talked about it before, but I tell you, when I would rather have three three star guys than have my fingers crossed that some four star guy coming from Oregon is going to have a huge impact. Your Tennessee, you? I would rather have. Josh Heupel runs two tight ends. Okay. You're Josh Heupel. You need to have two tight ends that you know we're going to work out. And instead of three, you take that other position and you go pick up an offensive lineman that you know is going to work out. That's what you need. You need to fill voids where there is a massive hole right now. And you need to be sure that the people you bring in is going to work out. And I can't say for sure that he's sure. I'm still high on Tennessee for guys. I want to be fair. I'm still insanely high on Tennessee for 2024. Dave knows where I stand on that. So I am nitpicking. But you got to add. This doesn't look. Adding a third tight end just in case your second doesn't work out. Isn't doesn't make a lot of sense when you have. You don't have an offensive tackle right now, Dave. You don't have one. I I, I think they will. I think they will. Um and I think he's he's a younger guy. Let's remember that Josh Heupel likes to kind of hold people for their debut. We didn't we be, we barely knew who Jalen Hyatt was before he exploded on the scene. Some of that was his work. Some of that was, you know, it, it, Tennessee doesn't play a lot of people depth wise. I I like to pick up. I think it's solid. I think you over address the position if you're not able to to get the guy that maybe you really want. But I think Holden stays from Notre Dame is a guy they really wanted. I and mean, he's still a four-star prospect considered as a transfer. I mean, my prediction is Holden stays shows up and he's the compliment to Ethan Davis or maybe more, maybe catches the ball and Ethan Davis needs a little bit longer uh, to grow. And then Miles Kitzelman is there to pick up snaps when he can. So I like it, especially at a position I don't think you had to spend a ton of money at. Now, if you would have told me that Tennessee went out and got a backup quarterback and it was reported that you got $8 million a year and there's all these other issues and there's the Alabama guys coming out of the portal and there's the Michigan guys that could come out of the portal if Harbaugh leaves, then I'm like, this is the dumbest move ever. But I don't I don't think we're we're in that situation. Will you be on my side if Tennessee does not add another offensive lineman in the transfer portal? That's fair. I think they will. I, I would tell you that they are placing all of their marbles in one basket, and that's the young guys that they have that I'll tell you more about as, as the week rolls on. But, uh, yes, I, I would say that's fair. Brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals, a Tennessee tradition? Go to rickterryjewelry.com, rickterryjewelry.com. And my, oh my, we are actually seeing something unprecedented. Never happened before. One of the most successful coaches in the history of the game has left in the middle of a time in which players are allowed to freely leave. So you're not going to believe the number of guys that are in the portal out of the University of Alabama. It is 
large. And I don't know if, uh, oh, Kalen DeBoer knows what he's walking into. Two minutes. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the Hook Sports. At sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, BanksJones.com. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, wizard! The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, welcome back to the program as we'll have this day in Tennessee sports history coming up here momentarily. But I I told you that we're in an unprecedented time. So we have players that are getting treated fairly now, fairly as men, as individuals. Um, you may not like it. You may not like the transfer portal. But, you know, my son's worked at the Publix. If he wanted to work at Food City, he should be able to go work at Food City. So he's 18 years old, and that's the way things work in a capitalist free market society. Sorry. Um, So, but this is the first time we've gone down this path where guys can leave so easily. So Nick Saban leaving... um leaving Alabama was, was in in and of itself a huge explosion. It's nuclear with the transfer portal. And if you don't believe me, uh, you can you can check out some of these names because it's it's pretty phenomenal. And uh, Caleb, if you can remind everybody it opens for 30 days after Nick Saban's retirement, which is different. So guys can enter the portal and they can be picked up by anybody. Right. 
Yes, it opens for 30 days after the transfer, after a coach retires. And players can go anywhere, and any any schools can sign them. And Alabama has taken a hit. We just talked about a Tennessee transfer, or an Alabama transfer tight end who went to Tennessee. Just a few names. Uh, Jake Pope, Christian Story, Earl Little, Seth let's, let's, Let's do this real quick. Because I want to talk about where they're going. Because these aren't guys that can't play pope's going to georgia story's going to kentucky or a little florida state seth mclaughlin is going to ohio state eli holston is going to pittsburgh defensive lineman monkey goodwin is going to south carolina and offensive lineman terrence ferguson is going to florida state so other than goodwin to south carolina and that might be a reach because they need something we talked about south carolina struggles and Holstein to Pittsburgh, the, those are all players that are going to, well, story at Kentucky, but they're players that are going to solid or championship-level programs. That, to me, is what stands out among this list as much as anything else, Caleb. Yes, and we have to be fair. McLaughlin is the center that we, you and I probably and everybody who watched the Rose Bowl thinks is the reason Alabama didn't win a national title this year. So I will be, he, he's, he's the Cade Foster of this year. Sorry, threw a shot at Cade Foster, the kicker that cost Alabama against Auburn 10 years ago, but okay. McLaughlin can still play. And here's the big ones. There's two uncommitted ones. Jalen Milrose in the portal. He's entered. And Isaiah Bond, who was a, there, that's the whole reason Jalen Milrose was competent this year was Isaiah Bond stepping up. So, I mean, they're, they're low on weapons and they already had some offensive issues. Look, guys, I told you this. We, David, I told you this last year. I didn't. I, I did not think Nick Saban was retiring because Nick Saban was on a tear on the recruiting trail last year, and he was on a tear again this year. But he was frustrated with the lack of offensive talent and offensive weapons. I can just tell you that right now. He was very frustrated, and he felt that he had to do a little more than he could to take over that side of the ball. And now the ones that are the guys that were kind of keeping that offense afloat are gone. I mean, and so there's there's an issue there on that side of the ball. It, it's just partially because I think Saban, I think what we're going to underrate here, and I'm going to say this, Saban relied on Bill O'Brien to evaluate some of the offensive talent when he was offensive coordinator. And Bill O'Brien, if there's anything he cannot do, it's evaluate talent. So O'Brien missed on a lot of guys. True. B- big picture, though. Is this okay for college football? I mean, it doesn't happen that often. We're talking about a once-in-a-generation coach, but a coach steps away and this portal opens for 30 days and you're absolutely able to just slay and uh, other teams are just able to raid your roster and then you're nothing. Is every rebuild going to be like the Jeremy Pruitt rebuild? Now, Pruitt was because he was paying people and they're NCAA issues but are you going to be looking at a rebuild like this every single time a great coach leaves I mean I I don't follow Washington enough to know about DeBoer but my guess is they're about to go through the same thing aren't they I mean they already have there's a bunch of Washington players in the portal and you can bet some of them will end up in Alabama and Charles Um, says it yeah Charles says it it doesn't feel right Dave and I don't have the perfect answer Because like I said earlier, this is a free market society. They should be able to go and go and go. But I don't know. What if you change the rule to you at least had to stay through the semester? 
Like you could make those guys stay through the semester. Well, that's why the NCAA transfer portal calendar is what it is. Because, guys, I did a rant in December, and I'm not going to lie to you. Wasn't good for my mental health to try to cover everything that was happening in December. There were two, the calendar is so out of whack for college football. There's too many things happening at one time. And another reason Nick Saban may have retired, by the way, because you're having to recruit and go in the transfer portal while coaching playoff games. But the transfer portal opens in December because the semester ends, and then it opens in May again because the semester ends. The exception is when a coach steps down. I think, Dave, you have to let this happen. because, And the reason you have to let this happen is it's it's good for the coach as well as it is for the players. If you're not going to be in the program, don't you think the coach wants to get his own guys in so he can get ready for spring practice? I mean, this is kind of – there's not a way around it really. My The, the way around it is this. And Sorry. Sorry, I'm going to say it. Nick Saban shouldn't have retired when he did. This is not a good... Y'all, people say there's never a good time. Yeah, but there are worse times than others, and this is a bad time to retire. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I, I thought we might end up in that direction. I'm going to... I think he deserves it. After putting in 17 years and winning, what, six championships at Alabama, um, I think he deserves to say, hey, I'm going to quit at halftime of the South Carolina game if he feels like it. I'm just not holding that. Somebody gives me those 16 years. He can walk out at halftime of the Iron Bowl and moon everybody, give them the bird and say, I'm out. And I'm fine with it. I'd be like, okay, thanks for your service. I mean, if I'm I'm an Alabama administrator, if Josh Heupel right now won six championships, but you knew at the end of it, he was going to come out of the South Carolina game, moon everybody and say, I'm out. I'm sick of you guys. Well, you take it. That's effectively how Steve Spurrier resigned from South Carolina. It is. It is exactly. <laughs> Steve Springer in the middle of the season is like, I don't like this two and five record. I've done more here than anybody else has. Middle finger is everybody. I'm out. Like, and he's still beloved. <laughs> he's still beloved in South Carolina. That's a good point. That's I just think I think the classy way is to give heads up that this is your last year. That's just me. Uh, I, I I do, and maybe find a, a you know. But I, I you're right. I can't blame him. You never know what happens. I mean, look, God forbid there's, there's forget retiring. I mean, there's, there's tragedies and everything like that. That sometimes forces coaches to step down. Heck, for those who don't know history, there've been plane crashes that force people to change coaches in the past. And so. Daniel um, said, I think it's important to get players in before this semester. Spring ads are typically desperation transfers. I know. I know you're right, Dylan, but I can't think I can't think of a better way to handle this. I mean, they didn't even give DeBoer a shot. I mean, he had, he hasn't even had time to meet with all of these guys. But Maybe the, they jump in and all come back. But my theory is they don't believe now that they have Saban to be the guy who's going to get them to the NFL. So they want to get paid right now. So how much you addressed it earlier, there's not a lot of NIL money because there hasn't had to be in Tuscaloosa. So do these guys, can these guys get paid within 30 days? It's already been seven, six, so 24 days. You got to get these guys paid in 24 days or they're gone. That's a lot to make happen. Well, and then there's the other layer to this. What I mean, it's partially the save and discount in NIL, but the other part is, look, again, a shameless plug of the video I did yesterday, guys, Saban is the best defensive backs coach in the history of college football uh, anywhere ever. And he developed you for the NFL. He has a legion of protégés who coach defensive backs and coach defense now the way he does. One of them is right next door in Georgia, Kirby Smart. 
Another one, Dave, surprisingly, you know, Mark Stoops coaches defense the way Nick Saban coaches defense. Yes. He actually employs a lot of the same concepts. That's why you saw a safety for Alabama go to Kentucky. Part of this is they're worried that they won't be able to be coached the same way in the same system. So they're going to schools that can still, at the very least, develop them the way that they wanted to get developed under Saban. Because Saban now has a legion of assistants all over the country that can do this. And I think that's why you're going to see Georgia and, yes, Kentucky do a lot of reading of some of the talent. And Ole Miss. Ole Miss is another one. You're going to see Ole Miss rate some, too, because I think Ole Miss has a lot of defensive staff members who coach the Saban way. They're they're all over the country now. And, and I think that, look, I get your concern, but it, DeBoer, pretend, that, pretend Alabama did hire Josh Heupel, Dave, for a second. Can you blame a defensive player for wanting to hit the portal if Alabama hires Josh Heupel? No. And no. and Josh Heupel may not even want those type of players. I mean, DeBoer, yes, he's losing and getting hurt now, but he can also go and add transfers. And there might be a bunch of elite transfers that aren't desperate in late May. They're like, oh, I get a chance to go play for Alabama and go play. Alabama's a little more offensive-oriented now. Maybe a quarterback goes to Alabama in May. Who knows? Possibly. Um, I, 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 when I look at this in, entire situation um, with the Alabama hire, and I do think they ended up getting who they wanted on their list of top three, which to me is commendable. That's that's tough to do. Um, but while, while that's, that, that's commendable, they didn't get anybody really exciting. And... I'm curious what you think Alabama football is going to be this year and into the future. So give me this year and in 10 years, what ends up happening? Prediction time. I think. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, I think they're third in the West this year. And I do not think they win a championship under the board. And I think this ends fantastically bad. Just based off pure odds over the years. How many people replace a legend and have success? I I don't believe. See, I'm not one who does that. I'm not one who believes that just because it's never like, I don't believe in the whole, how many people replace a legend and have success. Like I've never been one to do that because it's, it. because here's the thing, guys, here's why that's an unfair stat. The ratio of failure to following legends. You realize that most coaching hires are failures at big time programs. Most coaches don't work out. So that that's just a fact. So the I they it just it's magnified more when they follow legends. But there are coaches that have followed legends that worked out. Jimbo Fisher followed Bobby Bowden and won a national title. And so I think that I don't I think that part is overrated. I think Alabama's going to fall off because I don't think I think DeBoer has a lot of basic in game mistakes. Again, he has the Mario Cristobal streak about him, and that's not a thing you want to say if you. But if you watch him, he does. And the other part is, again, I'm breaking with Dave. I don't think Alabama is going to have the same NIL collective. So I think they're going to fail fantastically, but not because somebody's following Saban, because they don't have the NIL collective and they don't have Nick Saban. The combination of the two is going to be why they fail spectacularly, because they don't have, they can't get the Saban discount on players. And I'm telling you, and I know this much about Alabama boosters. I'll say this much. Alabama boosters ain't that bright and they never have done. 
Okay. Oh and so as smart as any other boosters. Come Alabama on. boosters. I, I, I'm sorry. They ain't the brightest bulbs in the box. And they genuinely think I, I'm you're right. Tennessee boosters ain't that bright either. Jimmy Haslam. Um, so uh, one of the things that boosters do is they think they can keep winning the way they've always won. So Alabama boosters delusionally think Dave, they don't think it's a Saban discount. They think it's an Alabama discount. So they think players will take it. They're stupid enough to believe players will take an Alabama discount. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. Well, they're going to have to adjust that mindset really quick. I think you're right. I think that goes into it. Uh, hey, you should come to Alabama because it's Alabama. They will just absolutely fall into despair if they do that. For Isn't that what happened to Tennessee? The boosters genuinely thought we're Tennessee. Players just want to come here because uh, we're Tennessee. And how'd that happen? How'd that work out for you, Tennessee? Decade well, of dysfunction. I, I think I, I I think they naturally wanted to come to Tennessee, and I think it boosted some of those um, recruiting numbers. Why Tennessee fans got so excited um, from from year to year? When in reality, Derek Dooley getting a top twenty-five class is like ninth in the SEC. There's nothing special about that. Yeah, um, and also recruiting services during that time. That was when 247 Sports was really launching, and they were a algorithm-based company. And being algorithm-based means, means they're going to feed their largest fan bases. And their largest fan base was Tennessee, so they were going to skew recruiting services in favor of Tennessee, guys. That's just kind of what happened, isn't it? Okay, think in your head of your top six SEC programs based off tradition and what they've done recently. Okay. And then I'm going to, we're going to go one by one and I'm going to ask you if they win a championship before Alabama does. Okay. Hit that like and subscribe button. If you haven't done that, turn your notifications on. Caleb's piece on Saban was great. And we'll have Cooper Mays and Jacob Warren coming up again. Hit that like and subscribe button. Turn the notifications on. All right, so let's take a look at the top six schools um, in the SEC. And I will tell you with a, hey now. they will win a championship before Alabama. If not, that's crazy. If not even close. You suck. Yeah, All right, so give me your top program. Has to be Georgia, right? Yeah, it's 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 Georgia. After you say it um, like you're hesitating, how could you? Well, historic. Well, okay, historically it's Tennessee. If you look at numbers, but I kind of weight things a little more heavily towards recency. I mean, I think if, I think a national championship in 2021 means more than one in 1951. Sorry, okay. I, it does. So yeah, that's fine. Number two, uh, our hundred year old listeners are completely fine with you saying that. All right, that's a hey now. They'll win a championship before Alabama does. Uh, Absolutely under, under Kalen. All right, uh, who else? We're going to get to Tennessee, by the way. LSU. That's an easy hey now. Everybody thinks you love LSU for some reason. Hey now. But I agree with you. I think LSU is more likely to win a championship than Alabama. All right. Unless Miles won a national championship at LSU. That's all you have to say. Uh, Yeah. The the harder you uh, defend yourself, I think it it makes you look like you love LSU even more. Maybe Um, it looks like I hate less Miles than Odorjuan, which I don't. I just think they're funny. I kind of miss him in the SEC. Okay, I'm going to go a step further. What about Elias agrees? He bet on LSU in Georgia. Fred says Mississippi State, no. Okay, what about Texas? For me, that's a... Hey, now. 
And I'm not a Sarkeesian guy, but I think he's a good enough offensive coach and there's good enough talent to win there. Okay, here's a crazy thing I'm going to say. You're crazy. Yes, but I don't think it'll be with Steve Sarkeesian. Okay. No, I would I would go with that before I would go with uh, DeBoer winning a championship uh, uh, first. What other programs do you have? All right, so uh, let's let's go uh, Texas A&M. What do you think? What do you think? Texas A&M. I got, yes, they're going to win one before Alabama. Don't go on history, Dave. Do not be a slave to history. Do not be I'm a not, sucker for history. I'm not, but you know what I'm going to go on? Somewhat historic. That's crazy. And I'm just giving it a slightly crazy because I think now that Texas is in the SEC, they'll start to get the elite players out of there. So I think they'll have trouble winning their own state, uh, much less uh, winning a national championship. All right, who That's else? That's not what? true. They have a way more ambitious collective than Texas. But okay, you know, I'll, 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 I'll let you believe that. Um, I, I understand they have a more ambitious uh, collective, but what's it got them so far? It's got them a torn locker room. All right, here's... Uh, t- here's- uh, wait, just, I want to get to the other ones. Uh, Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider, the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT. That's HAT to receive some free swag with your cider order. Available most anywhere in the U.S. TNCiderCompany.com. TNCiderCompany.com. What other schools he got? See, there's more than a top six because the SEC goes 16 deep now. Now, here's a tough one. It's going to be a tough one for you and a tough one for me. Oklahoma. That's crazy. Yeah, see, I don't think that Oklahoma wins a national title. Um, despite what Venables did this past year, I'm not on board. So I think they would have to – I don't think he's a national championship winning coach. But I said that about Ed Orgeron, and I was wrong. So th- there you go. But that that is – I thought that might be your toughest one. That's my toughest one too. Uh, who else? Okay, so I'm with you with Oklahoma. They will largely because also, how does Oklahoma win, Dave? They raid Texas. Texas and AM both have higher NIL collectives in Oklahoma right now. So beyond Brent Venables, they're in big trouble because they have to have NIL to outpace Texas and Texas AM. Another one. All right. Especially to pay the skill position players who they need because he's known as a defensive coach. And I know they have this highfalutin. Uh, fast-paced offense is somewhat similar to Josh Heupel's, but um, they're going to have to pay their skill position players to show up. Those those guys, they have a little bit of an ego, both in the NFL and in college. All right, who else? All right, I'm gonna, I'll, I got to name a couple others because I'll move out the I'll move out where I'm going to move in a second with a big debate. But Dave, just just bear with me here. You can give me your initial reaction, but I, I study NIL collectives. Arkansas is a candidate. Oh, you suck. Yeah. Come on. Arkansas is not going to the championship. Wait, 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 wait. Hear me out. Hear me out. Arkansas has the ninth largest NIL collective. It's growing. It's growing. Arkansas has low key been throwing some money. They move on from Sam Pittman. Look, Oklahoma used to be able to raid Texas to get talent. Dave, you don't think with the proper NIL collective, Arkansas couldn't raid Texas for some talent. And listen, if, if, if they could pick up Arkansas's campus, move it somewhere in like South Florida, then yes, their NIL collective is strong. They would win multiple championships. But the simple fact is you're still in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and that place is a dump. So you're so, saying the town sucks. Well, the town's bad too, but I think... No, I said the town, the town, the town. Oh, yeah, the town. Yeah, the area. Baton Rouge is a dump. Have you been to Baton Rouge? I that place that. is horrible. 
really that place like is Baton terrible. Rouge. Okay. I, I like Baton Rouge. Now, but the, the thing with Fayetteville, I mean, you got to get guys to come there. The airport is like an hour and a half away. I just think that's a tough job. So they need to spend more money on the airport. Get an airport, yeah, Fayetteville, and you can win some national campus. titles. They just need to pick up the campus and move it to Marco Island in South Florida. That'll, that'll take care of it. Uh, who right, else we got, got three more schools. We got three All more right. schools. Okay. <laughs> now tell me, is it crazy to say Ole Miss because of Lane Kiffin and the talent right now? Hey, now. Nope. You think they'll – Not at okay. all. I'm going to say that they won't win a national title, though. They'll compete, but I don't think they're going to get it. I don't think they can get over the hump, honestly. My stance on this is if I had a better week's pay on one team of those two, it would be Ole Miss. How about you? To win a national title first, it would still be Alabama because I think if Alabama wins one in 25 years, it'll be before Ole Miss wins one. Okay. Okay, that's fair. But if you had yeah. to pick the next 10 years. Well, next probably 10 years. Pick. Yeah. All right, so two more. Auburn. You suck, you jackass. I'll you think Hugh Freeze will get in trouble before they win, before he actually can get them to a title? Do you think uh, he'll do something to get them in trouble? Yeah, and I can't help to but wonder, you know, his, his offense was the cat's meow for the longest time. The same could be said for Gus Miles on, but those things tend to go in waves. And I think, Tennessee's riding a wave up right now with Josh Heupel because he's ahead of the game offensively. But I don't think that Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn, two of the offensive guys that were considered some of the best 20 years ago, are still the best um, offensive coordinators in the nation. So I don't I don't think he's able to relight it from the get-go. His, I, think Auburn, I think Auburn, because Alabama will fall, I think they'll squeeze a national title out somewhere. I just don't know if it'll be under Hugh Freeze. But I agree with you because here's the problem with Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn. You know what they have in common, Dave? They came out of high school. High school coaches can run an offense that no one's figured out and then be really good for about five years, and then people figure it out. But there's a difference between that and being a college offensive line like Spurrier was or like we think Josh Heupel is where you can kind of adapt. You have to be able to adapt to changing schemes. High school right. coaches don't do that as well. They just don't. And yeah, it's, it's why one day the the NFL will come calling for Josh Heupel because of his malleability, ability exactly. to adjust. Do you like that word? All right, so here's the last one. Now, again, don't just think about the current head coach. Florida. Mm. Hey, now. That's crazy. Oh, man, it's the toughest one of them all. By, that's harder than Oklahoma. I don't think it's hard. I think they'll easily win one because I'm going to give you – Billy Napier is going to get fired. We know that. Let's just go ahead and say Billy Napier's done because it's obvious he's done. I'm going to tell you this, guys, right now. Florida is about to become on the level of Georgia, Ohio State, and LSU when I talk about Tier 1 jobs because here's what's going to happen. Look at um, Steven throwing high heat. Go ahead, finish your point, but I want to get to Oh, this. Florida, if they get late. Okay, so Dave, we're talking about this Florida State lawsuit with the ACC. Whatever goes down with that, Florida State and Miami are going to be a clear-cut second tier to Florida in the SEC for the next – Florida in recruiting Florida talent for the next 10 years, aren't they? Like, for right now, at least for the next – for the foreseeable future, with state of Florida talent, you only go to Florida State and Miami if Florida doesn't want you. Is that fair? Uh, no, it depends how they're doing. They're stuck in the ACC and that's a dying conference and they can't get out. So until that is fixed, 
Florida is on the level of L. It's a better job than LSU. It's a better job than LSU if, until it's I, I think you. I think sometimes maybe you dismiss relationships a little bit. Like my buddy is going to Florida State, or my coach is good friends with the recruiter there. I, those are still there for all schools. So I don't think it's a simple black and white. Maybe for you and me, we've had job decisions, I'm sure, in the past. We're like, we got to take this or don't have to take this. But I think the relationships. Okay, so I think this is what this is what Steven can I switch to what yeah. Steven says. He says Florida if they get Lane next year. Hey now. Florida hires Lane yes. Kiffin. They're going to have a dynasty. Florida with Lane Kiffin wins a championship before this current Alabama setup. That if is Florida hires great, Lane great. next year and Tennessee doesn't win it this year, Florida's winning one before Tennessee. I think Florida, again, Florida is underrated low-key. I think right now, you've covered it. You watched him in the 80s. I think if Florida goes to Little Havana and Miami, if it's Florida and the U, I think Florida gets the players before the U does right now in Little Havana, Dave. That's yep. my hot take, um, which was not the case 25 years ago. Well, here's the pro- Here's one problem with Florida. It's not just going to take probably a coaching move. It might take a complete up, just an upheaval at the athletic department. I don't know that Scott Strickland is on uh, great footing there at Florida. Uh, he continues to back Billy Napier, and it feels like if if that's if Napier isn't successful, then he's not successful right now. He was asked about it. And he said, "Oh, I think he's going to be successful. We just give him the time and support." If I'm Scott Strickland. All I'm focusing on is making sure that a guy like Jaden Rashada doesn't show up to campus and doesn't have his NIL money that was promised to him. I'm getting that fixed because I know I have to compete with Miami, and that's my goal. And then I'm getting myself in line to hire Lane Kiffin, who I know firsthand uh, just absolutely wants that job. So there's no question about that. Um, But, yeah, I do – Florida, let's, I mean, let's be fair. They have hired great coaches at times. I mean, you, you have to say Urban Meyer was a great hire um, at the time. And we can we can point to the issues he's had. My question is. They is also Florida, had the best athletic director in SEC history at that time. Holy, yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, so my, my, my question is, is Florida the Florida of the 80s that was called the sleeping giant that has struggled at times in the, the 2000s, or are they the Spurrier-Meyer group? Here's the th- They're Spurrier-Meyer because unlike the 80s and the 90s, Miami and Florida State were in conferences or leagues that may not have been the SEC, Dave, but they were like, okay, in the 90s when Bobby Bell was at Florida State. Yes, the SEC was better than the ACC, but it wasn't to a level where recruits were like, I, they still didn't mind playing in the, in the ACC. I think now there's a level of recruits are like, I don't want to play in the ACC. I don't want to be stuck on those like noon ACC network games. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And guess where Florida State and Miami are stuck in? The ACC. I think Florida, see, they in 1990, when Spurrier takes over at Florida, was it safe to say Florida, Florida State, Miami were all on equal footing with recruiting Florida talent? They were all on equal power and prestige, right? I think Miami, I think Tulane is as close to LSU as Miami and Florida State are to Florida for Florida talent right now. I would have to have to beg to disagree with you on there, but uh they're in the ACC. That's a group of five conference. That's an effective group of five conference at this point. Okay. This day in Tennessee football history 
is brought to you by our good friends at Sports Treasures. And did you know the guy? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna. Before we get to uh, some uh, basketball, and before we get to some uh, amazing moves that Tennessee's made in their history uh, concerning race relations, did you know whose nickname was Bad News? Do you know um, this? Made under General Robert Neeland. By the way, while you think about it, Sports Treasures in North Knoxville, get on their Facebook page and go to Sports Treasures TN. Like and follow. Their updates are unbelievable. And they have everything you could possibly imagine. You can also pick up my book there if you would like, or you can order it below. Uh, celebrate 98 The Untold Stories Behind the Tennessee Balls 1998 National Championship. So, again, Sports Treasures. The way to go. They're just taking it to a whole nother level. Did, did you figure it out? Who's bad news? I actually have no idea. Born in rural Whipple, West Virginia, George Cavago knew it was a matter of using his athletic skills to better himself or work in the coal mines. He went to the University of Tennessee as a halfback under Coach Robert Nealon. While there, he earned varsity letters and compiled 2,139 yards, which sounds like a half of a season nowadays for somebody um, in the passing game, but he was, that's a lot of yards, um, even for three years. His nickname was Bad News. Why? Because bad news travels fast. I'm your huckleberry. I want that. That's a good one. George Cafago, a quick story on that. 1939 team. Tennessee is the last team in the regular season to go undefeated, untied, and unscored on. Tennessee beat every opponent and shut them out. They weren't declared national champions that year. Texas A&M was declared national champions that year. Tennessee went to play USC in the Rose Bowl. They lost, but they lost because George Cafago suffered an injury in the second to last week of the season due to a really dirty hit. This is how polling worked back then, Dave. Cafago's injury is the reason Tennessee didn't finish the year ranked number one. The pollsters decided because Cafe goes hurt, we don't think Tennessee's the best team in college football right now. So we're going to rank them number two, even though they shut out everybody they played. Yep. Uh, nope. Cafe is uh, one of those names that if you do your history uh, research, and I know that Caleb has long time you'll, assistant, uh, you'll certainly learn a lot about uh um, a, a lot about some great football players back in the day. I, I thought that general Robert Nealon is the most, uh, undervalued head coach in the history of, of college football. I've said that for a long time, especially with what he did. All right, coming up, did you know that Tennessee is one of the, has been one of the most progressive schools uh, as we celebrate this uh, Martin Luther King Day, progressive schools and race relations? Some fantastic stats that uh, Caleb's pulled up. We'll share them with you. It's a, it's a good day to be proud of your university in two minutes off book sports. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. 
Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Your company needs the best, and the best is Apex Apparel Group. Design, brand, market your way. Unique products to promote your business with unparalleled customer service. Uh, ApexApparelGroup.com or just call 865-919-3001. 865-919-3001. And ask for Tyler. Ask for Tyler and tell him Off the Hook Sports sent you, whether it's mugs or shirts or whatever you need. Apex Apparel Group is absolutely your one-stop shop to get everything taken care of brand your business do that apex apparel group call tyler 865-919-3001 i will be honest growing up in the 80s uh, i probably first heard of condridge holloway and I thought it was cool that he was the first black starting quarterback in the SEC or is it college football? Help me with that. Oh, the SEC. Yeah, okay, the SEC. All right. Which is a big deal, obviously, in case you haven't heard. We're a little bit behind in race relations. Still working on that. Um, I thought that was super cool. And then I learned more and more and more about the history. Uh, so it's it's there's an incredible history. Tennessee's athletic department being uh, open to hiring people that look different than the guys hiring them, which in a lot of these cases was 
Doug Dickey, I guess. But um, let's go ahead and get to that right now. It is time for Four Downs, and it's brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas, and it's pretty awesome. Here we go. Four Downs brought to you by Dynasty Spas, the most comfortable spas made in the United States of America, right here in East Tennessee. Drop in for the all-new showroom in Athens, Dynasty Spas, perfect for all four seasons. Four Downs, presented by Off the Hook Sports. All right, let's hop into this. Coop? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. What down is it, Coop? Coop here. First down. All right. Tennessee is a had the first black SEC player to ever score a touchdown. I didn't know that. Lester McClain. That's pretty awesome. I wonder if it was held with fanfare at the day, or there were probably some still stuck in the old days. It's how they they are going to take over the sport, they being human beings. Um, but uh, I wonder, was that celebrated back in the day? Tell me more about Lester McClain. Yeah, Lester McLean was part of the um, first collection of black recruiting classes at Tennessee. So he was the first black player at Tennessee. He was the second in, like important black player in the SEC, like actually like see minutes. Uh, I believe the, fir- the first was Nate Northington, who was at Kentucky, uh, was at Kentucky at 67. But he only played three minutes, dislocated his shoulder and never got back on the field. So Lester McLean was the first black contributor to a team in the SEC. Scored a touchdown in 1968 was a critical part of the 1969 team that won the SEC title. And and so I can't say for sure if there were cheers or not. I do know that during that time, a lot of the issues that were happening with race relations, I wouldn't have certainly, I, I certainly wouldn't have called Tennessee like, you know, out as a state that was going out of its way to promote it, but they certainly weren't a state that was going to be as hostile to it as Alabama or Georgia or Mississippi was. Had there been a sports center, would this be the lead story on on Sports Center? Definitely. Definitely. Easily yeah, I don't up. think I would have. I, I think it would have been buried because we would have been talking about old white guys back in the what was it the seventies? Sixty, six nineteen sixty eight. I think they would have buried it then too, to be real honest with you. I, I, I you buried. might be right. You you might be right. That 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 that's very possible. Um, so that, that's, that it's unfortunate, but, but it's, uh, I just, I know that, I know that national media, Jackie Robinson got a lot of coverage when he broke the color barrier in 47. So I, I just felt like maybe national media would have covered this. The problem was national media made a big deal out of things, but for those who don't know, sec football, college football media was hyper local in the sixties. So sec media wasn't going to cover it as much as national media would have. Does that make sense? Fair enough. Uh, let's get to second down. And uh, you were going to talk about one of Tennessee's best all-time players. Brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Uh, made right here in the United States of America. They've got the showroom in Athens. Complete support. Spa cover chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. It's Dynasty Pools and Spas. Amazing discounts for first responders, military and even some blemish models that can save you a ton and no one will ever notice. And if you mention that Off the Hook Sports sent you, they'll knock 500 bucks off of it. So how's that? 500 bucks off, just mention Off the Hook Sports. You're going to get a great spot. It's just incredible. Cooper Mays here, second down. Jackie Walker, um, first black captain 
uh, in the SEC. I mean, this is 1970 and 71. This is just a year removed from the 60s. I mean, this is heady stuff. I mean, this is 50-plus years ago. But to name him a captain, I'm sure you could do – you could probably do one of your videos on that. I'm sure that was a big deal. Listen, captains aren't truly voted on. I hate to tell you this. The coaches have the final say. And if they thought it would create a wave, they wouldn't have allowed Jackie Walker to be a captain despite the vote. Um, I've seen those sorts of shenanigans before, nothing related to relate uh, to, related to race. But I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall about those discussions. Was it a slam dunk? He got most of the votes. We can't lose the team. Uh, if we don't name him a captain, or was it what about the the fallout? Does he really need to be a captain? I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that. Yeah, and he was a two-time All-American in 70 and 71, helped to win a title in 69. And here's the interesting thing about Jackie Walker, and I want to bring this up. Dave, you enlightened me on this, but one of Philip Fulmer's greatest advantages in recruiting was Philip Fulmer was not afraid to go to certain parts of the country. When I mean certain parts, I mean certain parts of cities to recruit athletes. I wonder if Philip Fulmer being in that environment at Tennessee in the 60s and 70s, probably voting Jackie Walker as a captain himself, that had to have a big impact on him, I'm sure. And this is, an, this is what we talk about with the impact that it, where it impacted Tennessee. Philip Fulmer was in that environment with a team that elected the first black captain of the SEC. And it's not a coincidence that 25 years later, he was the guy that would go into the worst parts of Atlanta to get talent out of Atlanta when he was recruiting. And the only coach that would do it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no place that Philip Fulmer wouldn't go. I mean, he would go into, I mean, I, I remember him recruiting some, uh, the young man out of Compton. Um, that, that was one. I, I think he was very comfortable in being, being able to do that. Um, and, you know, I, he, he was able to get a lot of guys. I'm trying to remember the one that it was in New York City. He, he was the only head coach that had the guts to show up at their place that we just talked about it, but cannot remember. Hopefully it'll come to me. All right. So what down coop Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. Okay. So um, first black starting quarterback, Condridge Holloway. And you may not know this, but according to UT sports information department, he received the most uh, autographs of any player until a guy named Peyton Manning. I don't know if I'd shared that with you before, but he they would still get um, autograph requests about him years after his playing days at Tennessee, and he stayed at Tennessee. He's just one of the beloved ones, right? And recently was celebrated this past year and should be. He was. He was actually Contra Holloway, Jackie Walker, and Lester McLean all have statues outside of Neyland Stadium right now. Danny White did that. And he is beloved. And he is, for those who want to wonder about Tennessee's future, be excited about Danny White because Danny White, the reason he did that wasn't just to celebrate Tennessee being ahead of the curve, but here's what Danny White said. And this is what you guys need to understand what makes Tennessee great. Danny White said about a, two years ago, he said, we at the university are not great because of tradition. We're great because we have a history of breaking tradition. And he talked about Tennessee's history and he said, Tennessee's history, Tennessee's tradition is breaking tradition. And it always has been. And that they're one of the few SEC schools that does that. And when they hold to tradition, it's when they fall behind. 
For instance, we're talking about Jackie Walker, Condrich, Holloway, and Lester McLean. This all came on the heels of the program that Doug Dickey built, starting in 65. Doug Dickey, for those who don't know when he was hired, was basically just through all of Tennessee's tradition built under Robert Nealon out the window. Doug Dickey came in and said, this is way too old school. This is way too outdated. We're getting rid of all of it. And that's actually how Tennessee had a renaissance under Doug Dickey, because before then they were clinging to the program Robert Nealon built and not to knock Nealon. He was a heck of a coach for his time. He broke tradition when he was at Tennessee in a lot of ways, but Tennessee kept clinging to what he had done. And by the way, I give warnings on this all the time. That's why Alabama was smart to not cling to Nick Saban. You cling to tradition, you fall behind. And yep. this was one of the ways Tennessee broke the mold. Very well said. And I think Tennessee has been in the forefront, also openly embracing Title IX, which isn't racial, but it's minority related in, in terms of women. And the Lady Vols are still testament uh, to this day, despite their recent struggles. I mean, they're still a national brand. People that know sports at all, they they do know the Lady Vols. Tennessee's basketball team. In case you well, wait, we got fourth it. down. You never gave me fourth down. Oh, did I give you? Oh, I didn't. You know, I left him out because he was busy watching a soap opera. All SEC center Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. Uh, w- Wade Houston, first black head coach in the SEC. Now, this is an embarrassing one, guys, because this was a bad hire. He's so bad. It was a really bad hire. And they hired him to get – you know more about this. Than I, did they hire him just so they could get Allen Houston? No, he was – he was going to have other offers. He was highly regarded as Kentucky's lead recruiter. Um, so I think it was kind of a situation where you wanted to bring in a great recruiter. And um, he only recruited his son, which is easy to do because he's in your same house. But he didn't yeah. recruit really anybody else. Yeah, that's 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 bad. I, I do I do want to that, – that, that was a hire that didn't work out. You know, we could reroute fourth down for success real quick and say – because he also has a statue. I thought about this. T. Martin is the first is the first starting black quarterback for an SEC school to win the national title. Does that work? Can we can we do that? That's more of a success story. Uh yeah, I like that one a lot more. He was the first. He was the first Not black quarterback for, from an SEC school to oh, win the national title. Okay, you're kind of putting a lot of qualifiers on it now. Well, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tennessee. You're still in the SEC and. By nature of being in the SEC, you were going to be far behind the rest of the country on a lot of these integrating stories because, you know. That's unfortunate, but fair. Um, I would certainly say that. (laughs) Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> okay, so if you had no access to a television or tablet or monitor or whatever, by the way, please hit like and subscribe. We greatly appreciate that. Some big things coming to uh, the program here in the next few days and on the side off thugsports.com. Um, if you're, if you didn't have access to a television and you're following on social media and you see Tennessee's basketball fans are ready to fire Rick Barnes, burn down the Thompson bowling slash food city center, uh, just for the fun of it, uh, get mattresses, throw them out on Lake Loudon Boulevard. 
that was all uh, apparently going to happen. And then what happened, Caleb? And then Tennessee rebounded in the second half and overcame a crazy weird deficit in the second half at 1.2. Go beat Georgia on the road, finishing with a 85-79 to victory. Thanks to a solid 36 points by the Cream Sickle Mamba himself, Dalton Connects. I'm going to tell and... you why this team's why, why I think this team's different. I think he's the best pure scorer that uh, Tennessee has had, and I don't know when. Perhaps you would like to fill that out. Now, Chris Lofton was a great scorer, but he had to take difficult shots, and he made them. And he's not the tallest guy in the world, so he didn't get clean looks a lot. Uh, a lot of his uh, uh, shots were were spot-up shots. Dalton Connect, you can play him man up. You can get right in his face. You can play him off, and he can beat you. Now, I don't know the last time Tennessee has had that, that, hey, this uh, Rick Barnes offense is sputtering, which it tends to do. Let's give it to that guy and let him dig us out of a hole. Get us six, eight points in this stretch here, and it could change the whole facade of the game. I, I think that's what you have with Dalton Connect. It's brought to you by our friend Don Self, State Farm, State Farm agent Don Self and his team take customer service. Seriously, over 40 years, business, reputation, built on taking care of their customers. Everybody wants to save money, but do this. Know that when that claim is made, you want it to be taken care of. Right below donself.net, donself.net. 423-396-2126, 423-396-2126. The last time Tennessee's had a, a player, they could just toss the ball out there and ISO and have a better than 50% chance of getting a bucket is when? Scotty Hobson was probably the closest. Eh. But he's not as good as Connect. He's not as and he didn't have the heart that Connect has. Scotty Hobson was was um I think a level of an underachiever similar. You know who would be a good Vincent Yarbrough? Vincent Yarbrough could okay. score anywhere on the court. Okay, well. But he was a little soft. He was a lot soft. Um, so that that was the one I was going to go to because I think they have a similar skill set, actually. Uh, Vincent Yarbrough, I believe, firmly could have been uh, an NBA all-pro. Um that that is the closest one I was going to come to, but I just feel connect. Uh, I feel connect has more grit and more desire in clutch time. I thought there were times that Vincent Yarbrough didn't want the ball in clutch time. Yeah, that was an issue for a few Tennessee teams back during that time. Um, Scooter McFadden had that same issue when he became Tennessee's leading scorer for a minute. He always got a little nervous in clutch time. What stood out about this game and guys, Dave, back me. Have I not been Tennessee basketball's toughest critic and Rick Barnes's toughest critic for two years running now? Uh, you have, by the way. DeMarcus says Jordan McRae, pure scorer. I don't think he's at that level. McRae, what? Well, McRae never had to be at that level as much because Jarnell Stokes was so aggressive inside. Okay. And and so I would give and Andron Maiman too, but McRae is a good one. I, I do think McRae is a good one. Dalton is better. Now here's where I I'm getting at. Yes, Dalton was elite because Tennessee had no offense going Saturday, and they're down 75 to 64 with six minutes to go. But Dalton's their best player, but Jonas Adu is their most important player. And that. what happened with six minutes to go? 
Jonas Adu finally turned it on. He finally got aggressive. He hits a jumper to make it 75 to 66. And then he actually makes the dunk that cuts it to two. And Zakai Ziegler also is going to be as aggressive as he can. Adu had 10 points, 15 rebounds, and five blocks. This, Don't Connect, I said this last week because there was a game where Don't Connect had like eight points. And Tennessee won. And I said, don't worry about that game because Dalton Connect, the whole reason you have Dalton Connect is when your offense isn't clicking, you give it to Dalton Connect and clear the way. That only works, though, if if Adu commands the respect that he needs to, to command as a big man under the basket. And he was commanding that respect, so Connect was able to go off the way Connect went off because the rest of the offense just wasn't hitting. Zakai, uh, Josiah Jordan-James was off. And so I think that's what made the big difference in this game. Look, guys, it was an 85 to 79 win, but it was at Georgia. Georgia's coached by Mike White. Georgia was red hot shooting from three. They went 42%. This game, this game that you watched on Saturday is the first time Tennessee proved that they can withstand anything thrown at them in March. They're capable of doing that now. And it's the first time I've ever said they're capable of doing that in the past. Interesting. Caleb has been very critical, and uh, now it seems like he's coming around a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued there. Uh, so we shall see. I think he's Lock- the type of player that is is exactly to a T what Rick Barnes needs because I don't think Rick Barnes is a great offensive coach, and I think that when you need those two to four points in clutch time. Dalton Connect is a guy you can kick it to. I saw him, and he's, he's going to stand up a 50-50 shot of getting you a couple points. And if it doesn't work out that time, give it to him again. Do you? Oh, I agree. Do you think people were a little aggressive comparing him, including Rick Barnes, comparing him to Kevin Durant, though, over the weekend? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> top five but players of all time. And he doesn't play I will say this. Durant can either. I will say this. I want to give you a real, real, real hot take. Y'all ready for this? Everybody, everybody sit down. Everybody sit down. Scared of your hot takes. Don't connect is mentally tougher than Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant is one of the mentally weakest players to ever grace an NBA court. Okay. And I think, I think what you said about Vincent Yarbrough, that is Kevin Durant. He just has a lot more length. And that's the only reason that it didn't face him as much. But Kevin Durant and Steph Curry are the two mentally weakest players to ever step foot on the court. That's why whenever things get tight, they get scared. Dalton Connect embraces the pressure. When he's happy, when it's happening. And by the way, again, the reason I say what I said, what did I say to you, Dave? I said that defense doesn't win championships because when a team is shooting red hot from three, there's no way you can defend it. Doesn't matter how good your defense is, you can't stop it. That's what Georgia was doing on Saturday. That's why they scored 79 points. And Tennessee said, okay, you guys scored 79 points because you're red hot shooting. We're not shooting as well as we need to. We'll find a way to get 85 points. And we get 85 points. They get 85 points because of Dalton Connect doing what you said he does. And Jonas Adu creating space for Dalton Connect at the same time. I'm not going to overreact off one game in mid-January, but because I thought this would connect the whole time. But I think this potentially turns them into a competitor for the Sweet 16, which they should be. I think he's the type of guy who can carry them to the final four because they're going to need that. If he's not on that team, my prediction right now would be Tennessee flames out in the sweet 16 again. He's the type of guy that you're right. You're right. And let's, if Tennessee goes to the final four 
is don't connect the type of guy that like, you know, you have those tournament breakout players, which Steph Curry was, by the way, years ago at Davidson. But is don't connect the type of guy that like all of a sudden ESPN is talking about saying, oh, we didn't see this guy. Let's look at him for the NBA draft. I mean, to me, he's an NBA player for sure. Right. But he's not generating this type of pub right now that he should. I'm saying if Tennessee goes to the final four, it will be because Dalton Connect became a breakout NCAA tournament star. One of those type, like the Steph Curry type in 20, 2007 or 2008, right? No, no, good point. Uh, I got I got no argument with that. I think he's going to end up being a fan favorite too. And I think that, um, yeah, I think Tennessee's very lucky to have him. Changes my view of them absolutely and entirely. So, uh, and what does it say about his... Sorry, I just want to say, what does it say about his character and his toughness, too, that he committed to Rick Barnes because he knew his offensive game was great and he wanted to get tougher on defense. That's why he committed to Rick Barnes. He actually wanted to get tougher, and he embraced that. That says a lot about Dog Connect as a player. Nope. Totally agree. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Thanks for tuning in. Hit that like and subscribe button out the door. If you haven't done that, turn your notifications on as well, because Jacob and Cooper uh, will be coming up on the ball report. and also. I mean, I just can't begin to tell you how good Caleb's uh, SEC and Tennessee history videos are. The Nick Saban one is up. I highly encourage you take a look. And uh, we're, we're in unchartered territory when it comes to Alabama and a legend leaving like this. What does it do to a program with the transfer portal? This is not just the dude up and retiring. This is a lot different. So we'll continue to keep tabs on that. How does it help Tennessee on the recruiting trail? We're with you each and every weekday at 10 a.m. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off Thug Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.